0: Good evening, everyone. Good to see so many people here. Um, What I'd like to talk about tonight is really, in some ways, an extension of the um, guest house reading that we uh, began our meeting with tonight, which is about um, being present to what comes to us, even if they're things which are... Um, negative kind of experiences. Um, I'm pulling a few strands together here from different things. Um, the talk I gave at the Zau Zenkai last Sunday was about a quote from Joko, my teacher, our teacher, um, on uh, to be at the practices about being a no-self, an open and spacious response to life. Now, that is what we aspire to in practice um, and what we can sometimes do is we, we set that up as an ideal of how we would like to be and we're aiming towards the ideal and we don't actually notice what's actually happening to us on the journey. Mm-hmm. and so. Uh, a statement which has been used to describe what can happen in practice is that we can do a spiritual bypass. Right? Speaking of bypasses, um, heart bypasses can be useful things, but spiritual bypasses aren't very useful. That's what I want to address. And um, another strand that comes to mind is that um, I think in the talk I gave last Tuesday Bronwyn when she was here, asked a question about um, forgiveness and how you work with forgiveness. And I happened to have a um, a counselling session today with someone where that was the theme. And uh, I don't want to talk about this person, of course, but I want to talk about the process. And um, and this person that I work with this morning um, doesn't. She's not a Dharma practitioner, but she has a very a very strong commitment to a religious practice and she was dealing with the um, the issue of finding it very difficult to forgive um, some people in her life. So I just want to bring some of all of those strains together. Um, one of the comments I was making to Brahman last Tuesday about it, is that, um, forgiveness is kind of like a train journey, and and first of all, it's kind of like you buy a ticket to get on the train. Right, it's like that's where you kind of made. You might come to some intellectual decision that um, you that you want to forgive someone who you think has harmed you or created any injustice in your life, and so. But making the decision is not the actual experience of forgiveness. It's just the beginning of the journey. Uh, you bought your ticket and you and you booked your seat on the train, but you're not at the destination yet. And, um, and then you go through various stations before you come to a really deep sense of forgiveness. But to think that you can just... Maybe some people can do it, but a lot of people cannot just... Decide to forgive and jump into genuine forgiveness. It doesn't usually work like that. That is a kind of a spiritual bypassing or an emotional bypassing. And um, uh, sometimes, particularly where people have a very strong spiritual commitment or religious commitment and they have a a strong moral sense of who they would like to be, um, they want to be able to forgive but they can't forgive. And they get stuck in that place. And if we name some of the stations that we need to stop at on the, on the journey towards the, um, the experience of forgiveness, mm-hmm. it's one of those stations that we need to acknowledge. One of those guests that we need to invite in is um, uh, anger. Mm-hmm. Needs to be acknowledged and be be present with, and then when you look at the anger, then I mean, you, you see that there's a lot underneath the anger, and along or alongside the anger, and the other experience that can be there, the other emotion that can be there is is guilt. So it's kind of like angry and then guilty for feeling angry, and being caught in that. So the guilt. Also needs to be acknowledged, and contrary to some forms of pop psychology um, and cliched ideas about it, you know, saying well, you shouldn't feel guilty, kind of that doesn't wash with me personally. Within guilt is something which is very positive: is that you've got some kind of moral conscience, you know, and you feel like you, um, you, you, you need to. Um, Uh, act from some moral point of view, not just an emotional point of view. Um, So within that, there is something good, right? The trouble is um, a lot of guilt is just um, very punitive and punishing and people get stuck there and they don't process it and go through. So they're just stuck in this anger, guilt, anger, guilt, anger, guilt, and it's a stuckness that doesn't go anywhere. And it's kind of like sometimes both both need to be acknowledged. You know, we can't be selective with the guests that come to visit us. Like they've all, like Rumi says, they've all got to be welcomed. So the guilt needs to be welcomed, and the anger needs to be welcomed. And often you'll find the next station on somewhere along there is um, sadness. You know and the vulnerability that comes with sadness and and loss. Um, That's another station that we need to actually acknowledge before we can move on to it. If we go, if we're willing to invite all those experiences in and welcome them and sit with them and include them, um, then what tends to happen is a much more um, natural deepening process into forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not like something... It's, it's like we talk about becoming one with the Tao. If you try to become one with forgiveness, you're further away from it. Mm-hmm. And if you do nothing, you're further away from it as well. It's the kind of struggle that you go through before it just becomes a natural experience. You wake up one day and you forgive. So in our lives, um, we, two things happen around the karma of our lives. Um, we receive harm from other people and we give harm to other people and we need to acknowledge both sides of that. And that's why the first sutra we do in our sutra service is a purification sutra, acknowledging the harm and suffering we've done to others, because we usually tend to focus on the harm done to us. We don't usually want to focus on the other part of it. But true dharma practice is about acknowledging both of those things when they occur. And what gets in the way of actually acknowledging those things and then traveling down the path of forgiveness, on the one side um, is, in everyday language, um, stubborn pride. Like, we, we, rec- we actually know that we've harmed someone, but we're we going to say that we're wrong. No, never. Never say we're wrong. Um, that's stubborn pride. It's a form of narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one trap. And that can be the trap in either neither apologising or forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, as we talked about, where people get stuck is this, this desire to forgive, this aspiration to forgive, but being unwilling to go through all of the unpleasant experiences before it actually becomes genuine in your life. But these two things are very important um, parts of of Dharma practice: apology and forgiveness. We do live in a world where we intentionally, unintentionally, harm others, and harm is done. Um, and uh, as soon as we recognise that 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 is at the everyday heart of our practice, and we include it, we include. It, our relationships with other people in that way, then the, the practice will mature of itself. Right? Um, but if you're blocking, if you're not including some things that don't you don't want to include because it's not part of your ideal, not part of your ideal self, you'll stay stuck there for a long time. Maybe not forever, because life will come along. And kick you kick you hard enough in the gut so you'll get it at some point. <laughs> but before that happens, there's a way there's a way of working with it.